0: Hello friends and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at @lo_winnipegjets. underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so costs you exactly zero cents and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support because, after all, we sit by our proverbial firesides and want to have chats with you. You are why we record. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to give some updates from around the league, and certainly for the Jets, there are some news items to discuss I'll also preview tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. I uh, just want to let you know I am switching up the recording schedule a little bit and doing it about a day in advance, so I will have the Sabres game thoughts on Wednesday. After we get all of the updates and maybe a look at the standings and previews out of the way, we will close out tonight with one more of our Advent Calendar Series. And tonight's Advent Calendar Series special moment is going to be about a player who is no longer with the Jets, but certainly made his presence felt when he first arrived. First, though, let's talk about what's happening with Winnipeg, which it uh, it's a bit of a chaotic situation right now. Ken Weeb reported earlier from uh, practice and scrimmages that Paul Maurice announced Wheeler's probably going to be missing multiple weeks. They're still doing testing and evaluation, but I think anyone who saw that injury probably isn't surprised. Wheeler went down pretty hard, I have to say. It was uh, very difficult to watch. You know, we all obviously have a soft spot for the captain. We very much appreciate his contributions to this franchise. And seeing him go down like that, it's especially difficult. He finally had a game worth getting excited about. And while it wasn't likely to be something that lasted, of course, to have that be the way that you end it just really sucks. So... Hopefully the captain's recovery is swift and he gets back on track quickly. But in the meantime, the Jets might have thought about calling up a player until they found out that the Moose actually had a positive COVID test come in. So the Jets are actually dressing 11 forwards and 7D, and Nate Bolu was actually taking reps at winger, which I would probably agree is the best use. I I don't really think Bolu should be playing as a backline player. You know, if you're going to do that, I don't know. I think with him you have to kind of limit the damage as much as humanly possible. Usually the way that they do it is that Yu just kind of cycles in on some shifts as a defender and they kind of swap around one of the forwards to the fourth line. But maybe this time Yu will actually play as a forward. That would be a funny sight. It's not something I would ever expect this year. But hey, you know, with COVID being a thing and certainly injuries and depth concerns continuing to uh, mount up for a lot of teams, I think this kind of stuff might become a little bit more commonplace but maybe the biggest sign of positive news was that Neil Pionk was actually back in practice, and it looks like, uh, you know, Stanley and Dylan are going to be split apart because, yeah, Pionk's going to slide back in on that second pairing. So hopefully his concussion symptoms were mild. You know, that kind of stuff. It's nothing you really want to mess with, and it'd be nice to see him fully healthy. If uh, any Toronto fans happen to be listening, I will say that Pionk's quote from Murat Atesh of The Athletic uh, suggested Neil was very contrite. I think he was remorseful, And it's obvious that he didn't intend to injure Sandin at all. In fact, he was very upset, and I'm sure that that was a horrifying sight to see another fellow defender go down like that. So if if you were wondering if Pionk regretted his decision and what happened, yeah, he does. So you, you can stop calling for his head. Obviously, a lot of fans got heated that night, but if you could avoid calling for player injuries, I think that would be wonderful. Same goes for you Jets fans. Please don't do that. Outside of the Jets, though, there are a lot of teams right now dealing with COVID, and honestly, I'm starting to question the longevity of this whole Olympics plan. There was a suggestion going around that China had a five-week travel restriction if you tested positive, which, if that's the case, I have a feeling a lot of pro athletes and other competitors just won't want to go, and the NHL obviously is is only doing this temporarily after that whole Olympics thing happens. Then they come back and play the season again, and I, I can't imagine... If there's a choice between representing your country but also potentially impacting your team by getting stuck in China for a massive stretch of the season, you know, there's there's a really good chance that I think a lot of players are just going to opt out. I mean, you think about all of the risks associated with it. You think about the impact that it could have on your team, on time with your family, everything in between. It just seems like the NHL is going to back out of this. You know, they have already got COVID outbreaks here in North America. The Calgary Flames are asking for games to be postponed. They have like six players now who have tested positive, as well as members of the coaching staff. And there have already been multiple teams that have needed to postpone games because they couldn't even dress a fully healthy lineup. So it's it's a bit of a messy situation. I think the Olympics themselves are are probably at more risk than people realize. You know, with Omicron continuing to be a, a valid concern and Delta still a very prevalent issue I just don't really see a scenario where Beijing can really go through with this. They might still try to force it because they've already sunk in a ton of money into this venture, and I think they've put in a lot of measures in place that they hope can prevent COVID, but the reality is there are just so many contact points, and with so many people coming from different areas and and lots of regions that are certainly experiencing uh, varying levels of COVID impact, it's hard to track everyone, it's hard to catch every single case, and the likelihood that they're going to have an outbreak anyways is still pretty high. China can suggest all of the measures that it wants, and it does sound like they are doing pretty intensive stuff. But even then, I just don't think it's really foolproof. And if the NHL has an outbreak among any of the players there that's going to keep them, you know, in in China for like a month or more, it's going to be a disaster for the league. So I just see too many scenarios where this doesn't really pan out. I feel like the Olympics continue to be more of a fading dream, and maybe that's for the best. You know, you think about the, the travel restrictions and everything that's happening right now, it might just be safer if everyone stays here. You know, you don't want to go out and and certainly expose yourself to all of these different variants and increase the likelihood that you get infected and potentially alter your own life or your career. The full impacts of COVID, especially long-term, are still unknown, and that's especially true for pro athletes who, you know, really rely on their bodies for their careers, so... The longer this continues, the less likely I I think the Olympics are looking. I feel like at this point you might as well just write it off because I don't think it's going to happen. As much as it sucks not to see this go on, maybe it does mean we get some kind of a World Cup of Hockey next year. I don't know. It's going to be a bit of a chaotic situation. But if we do get a World Cup of Hockey again, I think a lot of hockey fans would love that. We all remember what Team North America looked like. I'd love to see that again, even if it means sacrificing the Winter Olympics. Beijing definitely looks like something of a pipe dream right now, but in the here and now, the Winnipeg Jets are still playing their season, and in tonight's game, they will be facing the Buffalo Sabres. I have a few thoughts on this game, and I'll talk about what I expect from the Jets in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit about Omaha Steaks and why their holiday gift basket is the perfect gift for all of your friends and family. Few things in life are better than opening a Christmas present only to unwrap a brand new set of Omaha Steaks. If you've never had Omaha Steaks, I can personally attest to just how delicious they are. They're always fresh, easy to make, and they always come with some truly delicious side dishes. The holidays are just around the corner, and finding that perfect gift can be tricky. So stop searching and shop with Omaha Steaks for your friends and family. To get started, go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous baker wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We all know that during COVID, there are plenty of uh, shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Shop today. Order the perfect gift package at OmahaStakes.com And don't forget, you'll get eight free burgers when using promo code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, 100% guaranteed. Go to OmahaStakes.com, keyword NHL, to make sure you get the perfect gift package. When you listen to podcasts, you're looking for the power of the inside track. When you switch to Boost Mobile, you're looking for the power of saving money. That's because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams, all backed by the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can share in all the insights, trades happiness, heartbreaks, and everything in between that define the experiences of sports fans the world over. Better yet, Boost Mobile comes with one of the biggest and most powerful 5G networks in the US so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and that edge you'll be gaining, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile today and find out. When you make the switch to Boost Mobile, you'll receive a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G phone so you can get all the power you need in your next phone. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Disclaimer. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See Boostmobile.com for additional details. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are checking in now on tonight's game, which is going to be Buffalo versus Winnipeg. I'm going to give some preview thoughts on the game on this episode, and then on tomorrow's episode, you'll be able to get some more thoughts and some summaries from what exactly transpires on the ice, which I hope crossing fingers should be a win. I think looking at this this Sabres lineup and their recent run of form, it's been a really rough year for Buffalo. This team does not have a lot of talent to work with. I mean, if you check on their daily face-off lineups, uh, which was actually just updated this afternoon, it looks like Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and Victor Olofsson are anchoring the top line. You remember that Zemgus Gergensen's guy? I actually forgot the Latvian superstar was still in the NHL, but he's actually been playing on the third line. This team is kind of at that level where you're seeing a lot of names that you wouldn't really expect. Uh, Cody Eakin is on the fourth line. You've got some guy named Brett Murray, who I'm not super familiar with. I'm not sure if he's in their system or maybe some kind of a free agent they signed. But it just feels like this Sabres team right now, uh, I think that things are pretty dire. They're not really losing by tremendous margins in most of their games, but that extra save that they need from their goaltending and certainly uh, their goal-scoring ability, it's it's pretty limited. So this team, it just seems like offensively they're really struggling. The goaltending earlier in the season was definitely atrocious too, and it definitely seems like they're leaning heavily on players like Dylan Cozens, Kyle Lacposo, and uh, Rasmus Dalin to try and carry the load. I don't think that's been going all that well. Buffalo is currently 6th in the Atlantic Division. They're something like 8-15 and 4 with a -24 goal differential. They are 1-7 and 2 in their last 10 games and they're on a 7-game losing streak. So, If you could imagine red alarms blaring in Buffalo territory, yeah, I think the Bills are the only successful sports franchise currently in Buffalo right now, and things for the Sabres are pretty dire, but I don't know that much was expected of them this year. This is a team that, quite frankly, still needs several high draft picks to start their rebuild they without Jack Eichel now, which, sure, you could argue they were without him anyways for much of this early start to the season, but now there's definitely no sign of a return for him. He's just out of the team, and so you're looking for that franchise elite number one center, and sure, Cozens might be that one day, but as it is right now, he has to carry a lot of the offensive load, and this team just doesn't have anywhere near enough talent or ability to kind of get past that. For the Jets, I really have a a hard time seeing this being anything other than a win. I would actually expect this to be a blowout win, whatever the lines are going to be, which uh, it looks like the Jets have made a number of crazy changes so far. I still think Winnipeg will probably eat through the Sabres lineup. You know, the Jets, for the most part, have been doing okay in expected goals, and in scoring chance creation, they are usually around break-even in most of their games, which... You know, with how Winnipeg finishes and the talent on the roster is probably enough to beat, you know, fairly poor or even average teams. Against the better squads, it's a bit of a question mark, but this team, you know, has shown us the ability to outplay really good squads. And for Buffalo to have to walk into Winnipeg with this particular lineup facing a team that, even without Wheeler, is still pretty darn effective at scoring, it's a pretty daunting task. It's not like they have a Connor Hellebuck to save them either. Buffalo is definitely more on the tanking train, and I think that's become more apparent as the weeks are wearing on, and they just keep dropping decision after decision after decision. At the very least, in many of their games, they're not getting blown out. They might lose like 3-2 or 2-1 or something, but you know, in terms of their goal-scoring output and their ability to try and generate results, it's just not happening. For the Jets, don't read too much into these lines, but per Ken Weeb, we have Connor, Shifley, and Kopp, Stastny, Dubois, and Ehlers. Harkins, Lowry, and Veselainen, and Bolu, Toninato, and Zvechnikov uh, lining up at forward. Bolu probably isn't going to play at wing, but if he does, honestly, I just kind of want to see what it looks like for the comedy of it. That's just something that sounds way too funny for me to pass up the opportunity to see, and against Buffalo, I don't really think it's going to be that big of a deal. Against better teams, yeah, might be an issue, but in terms of uh, what I expect against the Sabres, this lineup should do pretty well. I am kind of disappointed to not see Zvechnikov being given a higher boost in the lineup. If you're going to have this kind of team and try and run three to four lines with fairly balanced ice times, I feel like Zvech is the kind of player who would actually thrive getting a bigger role. And uh, honestly, Stastny at wing, I don't think is all that effective anymore. You know, Paul, he's definitely slowing down. I don't think his impact on the game has been that great this year. And yeah, he has had some injury issues, but in general, I just don't think Paul has been, you know, at the level of what you would want from somebody being asked to play a bigger width role. And the same can be said with Harkins. If you're going to have that kind of lineup, I know that the, the handedness is certainly an asset, but, you know, Harkins is probably a fourth liner and not much more than that, especially away from skilled players, so... I don't know. I feel in the absence of Wheeler, we should be seeing Connor Dubois and Zvech reunited, but for some reason, the coaching staff just doesn't really seem intent on doing that, and it feels like a bit of a missed opportunity. I'd love to know your thoughts on the lineup and what you think the Jets should be doing here. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLocal and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For now, though, it is time for our wonderful little Advent Calendar series where we walk back through time and check out some of the best memories and recent players and stuff from Jets 2.0 history. And on tonight's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Patrick Lanay and his first few games for the Winnipeg Jets. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about Stance Apparel and why they should be your premier outfitter during the holiday season. If you're somebody who loves living an active lifestyle, and you love going to the gym, or working out, or even going on runs outside, you might have heard a little bit about stance, and it's something I've actually come across pretty recently myself stance has been making the rounds and recently they just launched a brand new line of active apparel and it's perfect for those holiday gift ideas Stance's brand new socks shirts joggers and hoodies are super comfortable and extremely well made their clothing often comes in extremely fun patterns brand new designs and modern fashion sensibilities so you'll always be in style no matter what you want to wear founded in 2009 stance apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks underwear and active apparel With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Everything you wear should be an expression of who you are and how you feel. Whether you're into The Office, Star Wars, or even Major League Baseball, Stance Apparel has something just for you. Express yourself with Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 50% off your first order using promo code On at checkout. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, closing out tonight with another Advent Calendar moment. We are looking at a player who was no longer with the Jets, but of course was part of uh, a very big transaction. We talked about the player he was traded for in Pierre-Luc Dubois earlier a couple of episodes ago. But now it's time to talk about Patrick Laine, a kid that I think a lot of Jets fans were hoping would become the next Tamu. He didn't really pan out that way in part because it seemed like the coaching staff had a different, you know, direction for him, and I think his own vision for how he wanted to play and what he wanted to do for the Jets was vastly different. And ultimately, there was a lot of friction inside the locker room. I'm not certain he loved the coaching staff, but whatever the case may be, that is all in the past. Now it's bygones, but uh, for the first few games that Laine came to the Jets, It was one of the most exciting times to be alive as a Jets fan. I think a lot of us saw the next Ovechkin in him, and, you know, in the early games, he kind of proved that. The closest thing I can compare him to is when Erling Haaland arrived to Borussia Dortmund. If you got to see that, you saw him basically come off the bench and score a hat trick in his very first game. Yeah, Liney didn't really do that kind of stuff, but when he came on against Carolina, he did actually have a beautiful goal. The first moment of his career, though, that really became his signature was his hat trick against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And not only was it a hat trick, it was a hat trick with an overtime game-winning goal. So it just had the perfect trifecta of everything you want—pun intended. It had incredible power. It had a critical timing aspect to it. You know, every goal is timely. I know, but certainly a game-winning overtime one is a little bit more special. And it had the narrative between you know number one and number two in the draft that year versus each other, and who was going to prevail. Matthews had a monster game, but still, Laine was the one who stole the show. And to watch Line today and see how his game has evolved over the past couple of years, it's very interesting to see it's the same player. There was a version of him in Finland that was also a lot more dynamic, more of a power forward with an elite release. There were actually more shades of Ovechkin in him than I think, you know, his initial Jets version suggested. If you've watched Ovechkin shift by shift, you know what I'm talking about. He has that big, bulky frame. He is not afraid to board people. I mean, he kind of runs folks a lot. And, you know, Lino wasn't really that kind of player when he first joined the Jets, but he eventually got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and he had a bit of a feisty edge. Sometimes it got him into trouble. You know, you could provoke him into taking maybe a bit of a slashing minor, or occasionally he would get tangled up with another player, and you might worry about his injuries and stuff. But Patrick always just seemed to be cool as a cucumber. He had this calmness to him that, you know, even in the face of frustration and stuff, he might hang his head for a little bit, but then he would go right back to shooting and trying to score some other banger, you know. This guy was a natural shooter, a natural goal scorer, and he refused to let himself be scoreless for long. He always wanted that next goal. He had the hunger for another marker to his tally. The guy just wanted to be the number one candidate for the Rocket Richard. I think over the past couple of years that maybe has diminished a little bit in terms of our expectations of his gameplay and what he'll bring. He still has a monster release, but obviously his game has maybe trended down in certain areas, and certainly his overall impact on the ice, it's just not at the level that I think a lot of folks were hoping, but... Even still, we always have very fond memories of when he would slap one from the face off circle, very much Novechkin finish, had a little bit of Kovalchuk in him as well. I think there were some elements of modern snipers that a lot of people could pick out and identify, and yet his release was so strong and his upper body strength so freakishly insane that there are certain kinds of goals that I think only he and Crosby were able to pull off. The way he could bullet the puck off of his stick with almost no real torque was kind of nuts. At least it didn't seem like it, but of course, you know, he was putting a lot of force on it. You just couldn't really tell from the angle because it all happened so fast. And I feel bad for any goaltenders who got in his way because if you if you stood between him and uh, scoring another goal, Laine was going to beat you one way or another. He's truly one of the most naturally gifted goal scorers I've ever watched in my lifetime, and he might be on the level of an Ovechkin down the road, but he still has a lot of work to do, and I think he himself would admit his game can grow further. But for the few seasons he was able to give to Winnipeg, I think we got to see a really special player who has a very bright future ahead of him. Be sure to tell me about your favorite Patrick Laine moment on Twitter, at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. That is going to be all the time we have for tonight, though. Like I said, tomorrow's episode, we'll have some thoughts on Winnipeg versus Buffalo and some recap information. And then later in the week, we'll have more Jets action with some additional Advent calendar entries. But again, for tonight, that will do it. As always, thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. And as always, thank you so much for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!